Romans chapter 12. If, if you got your Bible out, shout, I'm ready for some word. Here we go. I'm going to read a scripture to you that many of you have heard before, but may have never heard it preached quite like this today. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, in other words, I beg you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. Holy, that's a cuss word in most people's house. It's a cuss word in most churches nowadays. No, people don't want to talk about holiness anymore. Acceptable unto God. Here's, you better underline this in your Bible. Which is your reasonable service? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to preach. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Somebody shout transform. By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, today, God, I know I'm going to be digging into some people's business today. I'm going to be moving up in some folks' kitchen today. I'm going to be sitting down at the kitchen table today and reading their mail and talking to them about where they're at. I don't know nothing. Ain't nobody told me anything. If it happens, it's the Holy Spirit. But I know it's going to happen, God. So let us have a teachable spirit so that we can have a reachable spirit, God. Lord, let us be changed today, God. Let us be open. Open to what your word said, not what Pastor Larry says, but what your word says. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. First thing on your notes is this. This is us. We are transformed. This is us. We are transformed. Transformers, more than meets the eye. Come on. I'm telling you, it's more than meets the eye when you look at me. Praise God. More than meets the eye when you look at you. How many of those greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world? See, I might look like one thing on the outside, but if you could see me on the inside, baby, I'm telling you, I got a six-pack. Come on. I mean, I'm looking good, baby. I mean, I'm talking about if you could see me on the inside, it'll look like I've been at the gym every day of my life. That might not look like it on the outside, but on the inside, that's who I am. Let me show you something that's very, very important. It says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. Everybody say bodies. That you present your bodies. Now, watch what it says. A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. Mark, I could preach an hour on this. Which is your reasonable service? Now, you got to understand something about our bodies. Our bodies are very important. Huh? I'm not talking about the way you look. I'm talking about the fact that you have one. Are you hearing me? I'm not talking about the color of your skin. I'm not talking about whether you got how much hair you got or the lack thereof. Huh? I ain't preaching on makeup. I ain't preaching on jewelry. That ain't the kind of holiness preaching you're going to get here. I ain't preaching on all you women in pants today going to bust hell wide open. My wife's got pants on. All you men in jeans, can I tell you something? When I was a kid, they told me if, if I was to go out in public in short sleeves, and certainly if I preached in short sleeves, I was going to go to hell. Now, now let's, let's just go ahead and say this right now. We swung the pendulum so far away from legalism that we don't even know what being decent even looks like anymore. Okay? That ain't what I'm preaching today, but how many knows we ought to at least be respectful? Can I get an Amen. But now watch this. Somebody say, I know this is for me because I got a body. Mm -hmm. First Corinthians chapter six says this about our body verses 19 through 20. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have, whom you have had from God and you are not your own. Look at somebody say, you are not your own. For you were bought at a price, my God. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Watch this. Which are whose? God's. In other words, you got a body, but when you become born again, it don't belong to you anymore. You got a spirit, but when the Holy Spirit comes in your spirit, you don't own your spirit anymore. Oh, I wish I had help today. I thought Solid Rock Church was one of them helping churches. 
When you become a believer, you are no longer your own anymore. You were bought with a price. Huh? How many of those? It was a huge price. No greater love has any man than a man lay down his life for his friend. He became our ransom. He paid the price. So that he that knew no sin became sin so that we might be saved. But now let's go back to our opening scripture, Romans 12, 1. He says, I beg you to present your bodies. Do you understand the word present? When you look it up, denotes this. It means the word command. Oh, watch this. In other words, I'm begging you, church, to command your body. Are y'all hearing me? See, some of y'all read that and you don't ever study it out and you just think, well, that just sounds too easy, but it ain't that easy. How many of us in this world we live in right now, it ain't easy to present your body as a living sacrifice, a holy and acceptable unto God. The only way that's going to happen, no, I'm glad that he said a, a living sacrifice because anytime anything was sacrificed, it had to be cut. Anytime, anytime anything was sacrificed, it bled. How many knows we're going to have to crucify the flesh and command that flesh to shut up and get in line and get in order? Oh, God, I'm preaching this morning. Command your bodies to be a living sacrifice. Everybody, let's just do that. Just point your finger at yourself. Hey, you, I command you to get in line with God's word. If you didn't do that, you, you need to command the spirit of rebellion over you. When you become a believer, you are not of your own anymore. See, here's why it's so important about your body. The Bible says having a body is so important that the Bible says the angels desire, that word desire is almost jealous, envious, of the things of man, to look on the things of man. Because even though they are right in the face of God, and you would think, my God, we should be envious of them. We, I mean, they're, they're around the throne. They can see God without getting blown up. Huh? They're flying all around this throne. While we're preaching about a throne that we can't see yet, they're existing around it. But yet they are envious of us. There's only one reason. It ain't because we have that we're closer to the actual throne, the actual physical uh, person of God than they are because they're standing right in front of us. It is because we are the only things that in all of the history of creation, starting with angels and all the way through the book of Genesis, that was ever, ever created in the image of God. Come on, somebody. So when they look at our bodies, it reminds them of God. But more than anything, the Word did not become an angel and fly among them. Think about it. He became flesh and dwelt among what? Flesh. You're hearing me, church. Now watch this. The transformation that we're preaching about is a process. Now we know that the moment we are born again, the old man is dead, right? The old man is new and we are born again. But I'm not talking about a transformation of you were headed to hell and now you're headed to heaven. Some people are only satisfied with that. Just as long as they can get into heaven by the skin of their teeth. Can I tell you something? I don't want to live a life that barely slides me into heaven. Huh? I, he said, listen, I'm begging you to use your body for service because it's not your own anymore. It's time for you to live to please the one that paid the price that changed all of this. If you're really excited about eternity, if you're really excited about going to heaven one day, then you need to live on earth the way you're going to live in heaven. Ain't that what Jesus said? They said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, pray this prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
In other words, he says, I, I know it seems it is virtually impossible, but to that's why it's a sacrifice. To, that's why we have to command our body. We have to command our body to live on earth as we will in heaven. Y'all ain't hearing me. You don't believe it? The Bible just said it. Watch this. The next thing on your notes is this. The transformation process begins with what? Service. Service. See, you can't be transformed without serving. Here's the evidence if you've been transformed. Are you serving? If you are not serving, then you got to ask yourself, have you really been transformed? Because you wasn't serving before you got saved. The house of God. Are you serving the house of God and serving your community and serving them, Jesus Christ, after you were saved? If not, ain't nothing changed about you but your name being written in a book. Oh, come on. I'm preaching better than you shouting. Did it not say, let's go back. Brethren, I beg you. By the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, he says, the way that you, keep it up on the screen, the way that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, is through serving. And here's what I love, too, is it says, reasonable. In other words, he says, I'm not asking you to do anything that's not reasonable. That's not doable. Oh, I'm preaching good this morning. But watch this. What you don't want to hear is the word reasonable in the original Greek is translated in our language, rational. Do you understand there's a difference between reasonable and rational? Reasonable means it's doable. Rational means it's what makes sense. In other words, what Paul was saying, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is only rational. Oh, y'all didn't get it. I'm telling you, if y'all had got it like I got it, it'd have been a lot different than that. I'm telling you what that meant to me. It only makes sense. That someone who has been born again would desire to live a, sac a sacrificial life, holy, acceptable to God, and would desire to serve others. It is the nature of a child of God. If you don't have that nature, then you need to examine where you are in the transformational process. Oh, my God, I told y'all I was going to get in your kitchen. Told y'all I was going to walk up in your face. Oh, I ain't through yet. We're going to break it down. Y'all ready? Which is your reasonable service? Do you know that means service? But also the second definition after service is worship. I had no idea until I studied this out. Let's look at it again. I beg you to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your rational, only makes sense, worship. You shouldn't have to be begged. You shouldn't have to be pulled. You shouldn't have to be reminded that God is good to worship Him. Hallelujah. It's only rational. Come on, why would I not want to worship him? I was headed to hell. I was in darkness and now I'm in light. Good God Almighty, preach, Pastor Larry, preach. I can't wait to listen to this one myself. Woo, rational. Look at your neighbor and tell him he's preaching to you. Hmm. Now, wait a minute. Mm. Now, let's get real. You ready? Put the next verse up there. Put the next verse up there. And do not be what? Con oh, I can't hear you. Do not be what? Conform. 
Do you know what that word conform means? To follow a pattern. One of the biggest issues facing today in the church is that the church is following the patterns of the world. Huh? You are following the patterns of the world. You don't believe that? Some of it's just human nature. Just look at the way we're dressed. Look at our hair. And I'm not, I'm not trying to preach down to people. I'm just saying generations change. And somebody sets the standard of haircuts and the way it looks and the things that are cool. Some people say that I missed that. I'm still living in the same thing. I still look exactly the same and dress exactly the same as I did in the hay barn. I still tell the same stories. People are like, nobody understands your stories. Those things are not on TV anymore. The guy's dead. He don't even sing anymore. And you're talking about his songs. They don't know who you're talking about. I need new material. I know. I know. And one day I'm going to wear some skinny jeans. Where's Fifi at? Come on, Fifi. Where you at? Where you at? Gonna help me. Come on. Skinny jeans. I'm gonna get some holes in them. Come on now. Oh yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shave the side of my head, y'all. I'm gonna shave all this side. And what little bit of hair I got left, I'm gonna make it just sort of point over and flop over while I preach it's just flopping. I'm gonna be cool. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I was about to say you already got that. That's Austin. No, just kidding. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, brother. I'm kidding, son. I'm kidding. Now, when we are not, watch this. Here's, here's where, where conformed gets dangerous. Now, this says don't be conformed to this world. Do we understand the world is, is, is always speaking of, of the, of the sin-natured world, right? The cursed world. We're following people, watch this, we're, if we're not careful, we'll allow ourselves and our families to follow the very world that we just came out of. But you know what else, what else is dangerous about being conformed? If we're not careful, we will conform as a church to other churches. And, and you'll try to make a church in Pinson, try to look like and act like a church in, in New York City. And, that, and you know how many knows it, it's, what works in New York City to reach that culture is not going to work in Pinson, Alabama. But I can tell you what works in New York City, what works in Los Angeles, what works in Atlanta, what works in Sri Lanka, what works in Indonesia, what works in Africa, what works in Europe, what works anywhere in the world. It's God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, the gospel. We need to be conformed to the gospel. Mm. Next thing on your notes is this. Let's put it up on the screen. Is The transformation process of God will change your patterns. They will change your patterns. The transformation process of God will change your patterns. The old man and the things that you used to do, you'll find yourself doing new things. In fact, even the ones that are left over, that you know are not taking you to that holy and acceptable living sacrifice life, you'll begin to change those patterns. You'll begin to at least desire to change those patterns because you know these patterns are remnants of the old person before God. Let me tell you something about the definition of transform. I looked it up in, in the Webster Dictionary. And, um, um, excuse me. The word, let me go back to the first to, to the to the uh, Greek. The word "transform" in the original language in, in Greek is the word "metamorpho." Does that sound familiar? That's where we get our word metamorphosis, which means to change into another form, to transform or to transfigure into something new. God is calling us to metamorphosis. He doesn't just want us to get a new attitude. He wants us to metam go into metamorphosis to where we don't even resemble. I'm not talking about just outward. I'm talking about the, our countenance and the way we carry ourselves that the people will be like, man, something's different about you. Metamorphosis, according to Webster, is defined this way. A profound change in form from one stage to the next in the life history of an organism. 
And the example that they give, Webster gives, as from a caterpillar to the cocoon and from the cocoon, cocoon to the adult butterfly. The isolation of the cocoon is what is known, and I hope I can say this right, is the metamorphosizes. That's why I say it in Alabama. See, here's what's so, here's what's so amazing. So much is changing inside that cocoon. So much. How many knows there's no light in the cocoon? It's total darkness. The darkness of the cocoon is the most important time of a caterpillar slash butterfly's life. Remember what I told you on Easter Sunday morning? God does his best work. Where? In the dark. Come talk. I'm telling you right now, the caterpillar is important. He's just in his life as important as the butterfly because they're the same person or entity or insect. The Bible tells us, despise not the days of small beginnings. One translation says, insignificant beginnings. When the caterpillar is a caterpillar, he can easily be stepped on. But when he's a butterfly, you got to swat to try to get him. Come on, are y'all hearing me? Next thing in your notes is this. As a child of God, you are in one of three stages. You sitting in this room today are a caterpillar. You are in the cocoon. Or you are a butterfly. You are in one of those stages. Now, before you beat yourself up and say, well, I'm just a caterpillar. I'm just, I'm just stepping on me all the time. How many of those? You can't be a butterfly unless you was first a caterpillar. How many of those God's word tells us, tells us about the metamorphosis process of being born again? He says, when we ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins and come in our heart, we're born again. We, we become spiritual babies. The Bible says we, we don't even know how to walk yet. We don't know how to talk yet. We're crawling. We're drinking from the milk of the word. But as we grow, huh? Things change, and we should. If we're doing what we're preaching on today, if we're letting God take us through the transformation process, we should be eating steak at some point. But some of y'all have been serving God for 10, 15, 20 plus years, and you still ain't eating steak because you're too scared of the cocoon. Y'all didn't hear me. You want to be a butterfly, but you don't want to go through the cocoon. You don't want to have to just hang there wrapped up in some disgusting spit because a cocoon is made up of the spit and the saliva of a caterpillar. He's just going to... I mean, he's just throwing up on himself. Nobody, nobody wants to live inside a house made of throw up. It's good preaching. But God uses the caterpillar to teach us something. When I really want to transform somebody, I have to put them in a place where they cannot be seen or influenced by the world around them. Because if they are able to see the process happening, the way it's happening, it would freak them out. There's a reason why the cocoon is so dark. Because if sometimes if you could see what God was really doing in you, you would run and tell God to stop it. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. But sometimes it takes us walking through the darkness so that we can't even see sometimes what God is doing. My God. That's why God said, David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear for you are with me. I'm talking about in darkness, when it, when it looks like I'm about to die, when it looks like everybody's forsaken me. If you'll just keep walking, if you'll just stay in the cocoon, if you'll just let God do what he wants to do, God says, I promise you, you will not have to stay in the cocoon. I promise you. Hallelujah. I promise you. <laughs> so quit, quit being mad. 
that your caterpillar just start telling the Lord, I'm ready for the cocoon. Some of you are like, well, I ain't got nothing to worry about. I'm a butterfly. I done been through my darkness. See, here's the thing about the, here's the, thing about the Christian walk. Every time you become a butterfly and you think you got it all together, the lifespan of butterflies is not that long. Come on, you hearing me? Next thing you know, the butterfly is no more. And you hit the ground. And when you hit the ground, the Lord says, don't worry. Just because you're not flying anymore, I'm just taking you to a new level. So I need you to go back to being a caterpillar again. And that's... Come. Nobody wants to go back to being the caterpillar, but you can't go to the next level without transformation. And all three stages is when you're transformed. You have to start at a caterpillar. You have to go through the darkness of the cocoon. Then you'll be able to fly in that season of your life. Is this good preaching? The cocoon, man. I'm telling you, that's a place where you have to be still. Doesn't the Bible say stand still and see the salvation of the Lord? I'm telling you, when you're in the cocoon, you ain't got nowhere to go. Some of y'all feel like you've locked down. Some of y'all feel like you're in, a, you, you're in one of them rooms that you're trying to escape from in a certain amount of time or it's going to blow up on you. You're scared to death. There ain't no way out. You're trying to figure your way out. You're trying to say, well, that wasn't there before. That wasn't there. You're trying to get out of the cocoon and God is saying, shh. Be quiet. Sit still. Every time I start trying to pull a wing out of you, you keep jerking back from me. Wanting to be a caterpillar again. Let me tell you what, God's a gentleman. He ain't going to force himself on anybody. He'll let you kick your way out of a, ca- out of a cocoon and go back to being a caterpillar. Just because you go in the cocoon doesn't mean you're going to make it to butterfly. The only way you make it to butterfly is you got to stay and let God do what he was doing to complete the process. I hear you, Lord. I heard the Lord just say, preach, son. Mm. Somebody shout, this is us. We are transformed. All my caterpillars in the house, say amen. Amen. All my folks that's in the cocoon right now, just go ahead and say amen. Amen. I ain't going to ask for you butterflies to say amen because that's when pride's going to enter in (laughs) y'all. I'm waiting on you to call me. (laughs) See, the, the next thing in your notes is this. The transformation process happens with the renewal of the mind. See, we've talked about the body being not conformed to this world, following the patterns of this world with your body, but to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is a reasonable or rational service and worship. Then he says, and, and, and he makes sure you tell us, don't let your mind, let's go back and read exactly what it says. I don't want to mess it up. Sometimes you have a brain freeze. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Somebody say transform. transform. Now, now notice what Paul says is, is the most important part of transformation. He says, do not be conformed to this world. Put that scripture back up, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Now stop. If, you just, if, if it just said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, then we just say, well, we just need to be transformed. He tells us, here's how you are transformed. By the renewing of your mind. Somebody say renewing of your mind. So I think we've already had it on the notes there. The transformation process starts with the renewal of the mind. So watch this. There can be no transformation without the renewing of the mind. You ever heard that the mind is the battlefield of, the, of Satan? Or is the war is the battlefield of your life? How many knows that if you can win the battle here, you got the battle won? Because this 
is what tells you everything about you, about the situation, about other people, about how you perceive this world. If you can line this up with this, you've got most of the battle won. Am I right? But I want to show you something that you might want to write down in those little couple of lines I got at the bottom down there that's not in your notes because you need to get this. There is a difference between the brain and the mind. Do not allow yourself to think that when he says, by the renewing of your mind, that he's talking about the renewing of your brain. There is a difference between the brain and the mind. What is the difference? The brain is part of the body. Come on, you hear me. How many of those, you don't believe the brain is a part of the body? Cut yours out and see what happens to the body. How many of those, it is not just the nerve center and the command center but even your heart, that people would say is the most important organ, you know, heart stop pumping blood, you're dead. But it's your brain that's telling your heart to pump. Huh? Watch this. I'm walking. I'm not thinking about walking. I'm not going, you know what? I need to take a step. 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 I don't even think of it. It's called involuntary reaction, involuntary muscles. But we call it involuntary, meaning that we're not making a conscious decision to walk. But I can't walk without my brain telling me to walk. All the nerve ends, all the muscles, everything is tied to the brain. And everything I'm doing, everything I'm saying, I'm not, you know, some of y'all might say that I do need to think about what I say before I say it, but I'm not thinking about what I say before I say it. <laughs> the brain is part of the body. It is transformed, watch this, by natural forces. The brain, part of the body, is transformed by natural forces. In other words, a book, a movie, a song, a parent teaching you a principle, something happening in life teaching you a lesson. Are you hearing me? All of these fall into the natural world. So the things that are in our brain that we have learned to do, we have learned to do those things by natural forces. Can I tell you that, that even knowing how to have church, you've learned, it's a spiritual principle, but many of you have learned in the natural world because you've had a pastor in this world teach you principles and your brain cuts a groove. Are you hearing me? It's part of what discipleship is. You with me, church? So the brain is transformed by different natural forces. The mind is not the brain. The mind is what we call the soul. Some have said it's the seedbed of the emotions of, of a human being. I've preached it to you many times before. I think I'll never stop saying this because it's a, it's a very simple principle, and it's a principle that everybody needs to get. One of the ways that we were creating the image of God is that we serve one God that exists in three persons, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You can't separate them. There is one God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There is one Larry, and all you, but all you see is the natural side of Larry. There is a soul inside of me, which is my mind, my emotions, my intellect. And then there is a spirit man. In, for, in fact, if you want to say it correctly about Larry or you, is that Larry is a spirit first because my spirit is eternal. It's either going to live forever in heaven or it's going to live forever in hell. I know you don't like to hear about hell, but it's real. You're either going up or you're going down. You're going to heaven or you're going to hell. There is no in between. I don't care what movie you watch. Huh? Ain't nobody going to be able to put some kind of weird stuff on and get baptized in your name and pull you out of some place and pull you to another place. Ain't nobody going to be able to make, pay some penance and light a candle on your behalf after you're gone, bring you out of some in-between and take you to heaven. Jesus preached more about hell than he did about heaven. Come on. Solid Rock Church is going to preach the Bible. Hmm? And one day I'm going to fix this thing. I'm going to get me one of them little things that clips on the back so I don't do this all the time. Y'all help me remember that. I know I'm, I'm, that's my brain doing that, y'all. That wasn't my mind. All right. Now, listen to this. I am a spirit man. I possess, my spirit man possesses a mind, a soul. 
and I live in the body. So my God is a triune God, but there's but he's one God manifests himself in triune ways. I am one Larry. I manifest myself in a triune way. So just another way we're creating his image. So the best way to understand how the spirit, soul, and body works is if you could just, like in you know, a movie or something you've seen where I just go, wah, and I have an out-of-body experience, and all of a sudden, Pow! my spirit man jumps out, and I'm looking over here going, what's up? <laughs> and then right in the middle is my soul, and right over here is my body. Now watch this. Three different things, spirit, soul, and body. If I was to walk up to my spirit man and say, Mr. Spirit Man of Larry, do you believe that God can do anything? Anything? Is he capable of doing anything that he wants to do? Is miracles possible? My spirit man will say, what kind of question is that? He's living inside of me. He tells me that all the time. With God, all things are possible. Stupid question, man. God is awesome. Huh? You go to my flesh man who is cursed because of what happened in the garden. Do you believe that God can do the impossible? First of all, there's no God. It's a fairy tale. It's something that was made up by somebody. Aliens came down here and seated us here and put us all here and started the human race and wrote this thing called the Bible so we'd have some kind of moral fabrication, moral fabric for us to believe in. So, so yeah, it's all made up. It's nothing different between Mother Goose and God. So quit talking to me about this fable called God. If you talk to my, this is key now on the transformation. Somebody say, this is us. We are transformed. Now watch this. Here's the transformed part is the mind. If you looked at the mind and said, Mr. Mind of Larry, do you believe that God can do anything? Do you believe all things are possible to him that believes? Do you believe that he can heal the sick? Blah, blah, blah. The mind would always respond, you tell me. You tell me. Because the mind is going to speak, it is the part of you that is tied to both the spiritual and the flesh. It is the go-between. It is the bridge between the flesh and the spirit. So if you live your life with your mind, your soul, your emotions, your intellect tied to the desires of the flesh, you will live according to the flesh. But if you live according to Scripture, you will live according to the, to, the, to the Word of God. In fact, the next thing on your notes is this. The mind is only renewed by the Word of God. The mind is only renewed by the Word of God. It's not renewed by a church service. Oh, you didn't get that. It's not, re it's not renewed by your favorite song. It's not renewed by your favorite book by T.D. Jakes. You know, I started to say your favorite book by Larry Reagan, but y'all don't know, you might be renewed on that one. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's not renewed by a book by Larry Reagan. It's not a book by, it's not renewed by a book by anybody. But it is renewed by the Word of God and only the Word of God. Can I get an amen? Okay. So, the mind, the soul, the emotions, the brain is renewed by natural forces. The mind is renewed by the Word of God. The mind is renewed by the Word of God. See, you'll never see the need to renew or transform with the mind of the old man. Because the old man, the old woman, doesn't think they've got anything that needs to be fixed. The only way you even know that you are a sinner in need of a savior is the word of God. Huh? Do you, listen. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, you can't even have faith without hearing the word of God. Faith comes from the word. True change only comes from the word of God. Am I preaching right? The purpose of the transformation that Paul is talking about, he makes it very clear. Let's put that opening scripture back up. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let's read the whole thing again. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Next verse. 
Watch this. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see that? Comma. Watch this. Now watch this. When you let this happen, comma, this is what's possible. But until you do what you just read, after the comma is not possible. Are y'all hearing me? Let's look at it again. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, comma, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable, perfect will of God. In other words, you cannot have a life that walks in the will of God and shows the world the way to God if you have not been transformed. Is this good preaching? I'll clap for myself. Now, what's this? The purpose of transformation is so that you can do the work of God. Because the old man can't do the work of God. A, a mind that is being renewed and by, the, by the brain, if it's going by the brain, how many of you, if your mind and your spirit man operated on what your brain was saying, how many of you, you wouldn't even go to church? Because your brain will tell you, that's silly. No one's ever seen this God they sing about, except, but yet more songs have been written about this God, more books have been written about this God that nobody can see than any other human in all of existence. That's just craziness. That's what your brain will tell you. That's why you got to tell the brain, command the brain, which is part of the body. Remember that? Command the body. You got to command the brain, which is a part of the body, to shut up. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but I have had to tell my brain to shut up. Huh? I'm telling you, I have had to do it because my brain is telling me, do you not see in front of you, this is the real world. It is not going to happen the way you wanted it to happen. This is the reality. So you might as well accept it. And I've had to tell my brain, shut up. I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. I know I see no evidence of God doing this. But you, brain, are a lie. Because you're trying to tell me something against the Word of God and against the perfect will of God for my life. Come on! Somebody say, brain! Sometimes you need to shut up. Now, wait a minute. I'm not telling you to check your brain at the door. Because some people, that's, I know they're going twi to twist my words. I knew it. That's what the church wants to do. They don't want you to think. Brain's a bunch of brainwashed people. They don't want you to think. They want you to check your brains at the door and, and just follow whatever you say, Pastor Larry. Whatever you say, I'll do it. <laughs> think. Think. Stand at the edge of a beautiful stream, the quietness of a stream, and watch it roll over the rocks. Look up in the trees and, and see the squirrels playing. Use your brain. You think that, does it, does your brain really telling you that all that just come from some ancient stirring of some algae soup? No. What is that? The Bible, huh? I couldn't say the word. I was trying to think of that word. So I need you. That's not just the only reason I need you. I need you for a lot of reasons. Did you say primordial? Yeah. Primordial goo or soup. In other words, it became something, became something. Then the fish came out of it, and the fish grew legs, and the legs, fish walked out of the water, and the fish became a, a squirrel, and the squirrel became a, a horse. And somehow a horse became a gorilla, and the gorilla became us. I, got it, I probably got it mixed up somehow. But, look, I'm not trying to tell you that you're going to bust hell wide open if you believe in evolution. Let me just go ahead and make it clear right now. I'm not trying to judge you. I'm just trying to say, have you never just looked at nature and just said, there must be a God? Have you ever done that? I don't care what the world says. Have you ever just said, there must be a God? How in the world could there not be a God? 
Whether you realize it or not, your mind is being transformed every day. You are feeding your mind every day. I'm coming off this mountain. Y'all ready? Romans chapter 8 says this, verses 5 through 6. Watch this. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Somebody ought to give God the praise right now. So you are feeding your mind. Your mind is being renewed every day. Hallelujah. The mind of the flesh is leading to death. The mind of the spirit is leading to life and peace. Woo. Is that clock right? Is it only 1134? Good God. I got up this morning and I said, God, a miracle is going to happen today. I said it. I didn't know it was going to be me. Well, I ain't through yet, though. I can always count on Tamara. I love you, sister. Let me tell you something. You want to be who God's called you to be? You want to walk in the purpose for which you were created? You want to prove what is the acceptable will of God for your life? Then the last thing we notice is this. A spiritually, listen to the combination, transformed body and biblically renewed mind is the foundation for the will of God in your life. Now, now let me leave that up there for that to digest because here's what you need to understand. If your mind is renewed, but your body is still conformed to the ways of the old man, you may know scripture, but you're still laying down with somebody that ain't your wife. Huh? You ever met somebody living like the devil could quote more scripture than you? Huh? Now, I, ain't, I ain't preaching against drinking here, but I'm going to tell you something. Some of, the, some of the best Bible teachers I ever met in my life was drunk as a skunk. Huh? Come on, can I make it plain? I'll tell you one thing. All anybody has to do is look around and they'll see the times are time. These are the times. Jesus is coming back. I'll tell everybody everywhere I go. Jesus can come at any moment. Don't you know? Have you heard about him putting that thing in people's wrist up north? That's the mark of the beast. He's coming. Huh? I'm telling you, man. I've, I've had some folks that were so drunk they couldn't stand up. Make me ashamed of the Bible that I know. Now watch this. You can have your head full of scripture and still live according to the flesh in your body. On the flip side, I've known a lot of people that did everything they could do to get their body to look holy. They took a Brillo pad and scrubbed, the, scrubbed every ounce of makeup off their face. Huh? Men cutting grass in, in a suit because they was afraid to put on a pair of shorts, they might go to hell. I was setting up a tent revival in 1994, the summer before we started this church, up on Sand Mountain, Alabama. Some of y'all thinking, well, the first thing was to use at Sand Mountain, praise God. You should have known what you're getting into. I love Sand Mountain, by the way. Set it up on the side of Highway 75 right there. Me and my wife, who was very much pregnant, living in a little camper that I had pulled by my Ford F-150 that wasn't much bigger than a third of the size of this stage extension. She's walking around like this in, in the camper trying to get by like this, putting up a tent that could seat 300 people, working all day long, had about four or five guys from down here 
help us. They went back, you know, home after the tent was set up. It could seat 300 people. By the way, each night that we preached, the biggest crowd we had was seven. And it could seat 300. But y'all know me, I preached like there's 3,000 in it. Because I don't preach according to the number. I preach according to the Word of God. And come on. I'm trying, trying to tell y'all something on a rabbit trail. I'm trying to get back. I got to take up some time, y'all. No, because I don't want y'all to start thinking I can do this every Sunday. No, no I'm just, just kidding. Watch this. Watch this. I worked all day long praying in the Holy Ghost the whole day, praying for harvest, praying for God to send revival to Sand Mountain. Me and my wife both did. She's out there working, tying off ropes and all this kind of stuff, pregnant. I don't remember how far along you were, but very pregnant. Six or seven months out there working. This guy pulls up. I'm slinging a sledgehammer, driving stakes in the ground. They wasn't far enough because the storm was coming. We could feel it, and the tent was moving. And I was driving them stakes down heavy. This guy walked up, and he goes, man, I've been praying for revival to come to this area for so long. He said, I believe that God is going to use this tent revival mightily to bring people in this area to Jesus Christ. I said, I believe it too, brother. He said, I drove by here and I saw y'all setting this tent up and I just want to stop by here and uh, I just want to tell you how excited I am that this tent revival is here. And if, and if the minister is anywhere around, I'd like to talk to him. So we could pray together. I'm standing there in a tank top with Bahama shorts on back in those days. Come on, somebody. Down to about a little bit past my knees. All you could see was that much of my leg, y'all. You hear me? And my leg. Y'all look at that. See that leg? I'm going I'm I'm to give y'all a visual. I'm going to give y'all a visual. This is the way it looked. That's all of my leg that you could see. I'm standing there dripping sweat. Oh, and by the way, if some of y'all can't stop looking at this and that's, that's messing with you and turning you on or something, then you need to get to these altars right now because there's some ugly looking legs, y'all. You got a serious spirit of lust on you, by the way. Now, I know these legs to you, baby. Woo, come on. Come on. Now, now. CJ, aren't you glad that you're on the front row for your first time in all these years? Look what you got, son. Yes, yeah, this will be the thumbnail for my YouTube video. Okay. Now, wait a minute. I'm standing there with this sledgehammer in my hand. I've been working for the Lord all day, praying for harvest all day long. And he says, I'd like to see the minister if I possibly could. And I said, well, praise God. I was so excited that he wanted to talk to me. I was, praise God, that's me. I'm, he's like, what do you mean that's you? And I said, I'm the minister. This is my tent. That's why I'm out here working. I'm, I'm praying. I've been praying the same thing you've been praying. This is what he did. I promise you, this is what he did. He went. He looked straight down. To about this much of my leg. And he said something like this to me. It's been a long time to get the exact word. But he said, well, brother, I was going to come to this tent revival. But I don't think I can come and hear somebody preach that's showing the bottom of his legs like that. Now, now watch this. I was a young whippersnapper preacher then. I wish to God I could go back to Sand Mountain now and that happened again. Because he don't want to mess with this Larry. I'll tell you right now, he would not want to mess with this Larry. All right, calm down. I'm, I'm putting him down, putting him down, putting him down, putting him down, putting him down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, what I'm trying to say is this. That man... Probably had a whole lot of head knowledge and even a whole lot of scripture. But his eyes were messed up on the body. There's a balance. 
He says, your body is supposed to be presented to the Lord a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable, rational, only makes sense service. Your mind cannot be conformed to this world, but it has to be transformed by the renewing. But when a spiritually transformed body, someone who understands that their body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, is doing their best to walk in modesty and to use their body for the service to the Lord. How many of us, we can't worship without our body, right? How many of us, our hands go up, our hands clap, we dance, we shout. Every method of worship is manifested through our body. So when our bodies are worshiping, our bodies are crucifying, we're commanding our body. That word present, if you remember, means to command. We're commanding our bodies to get in line. We're renewing our minds with the word. Then we have set the foundation for the will of God in our lives. He says, let's put that last scripture up. Verse verse 2, Romans 12, 2. Again, I'm going to show you something and I'm going to close. Romans 12, 2 says this. Come on. It says, I beseech you, therefore. I'm sorry. Go back to verse 2. You're right. Watch this. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. Everybody say prove. Prove. Here's the thing. Thank you, buddy. That's what I needed right there. Whoever that was, that's what I needed. Yes. Thank you. That's That's my amen corner back there. Some of y'all need to shout as loud. Is that a him or her? I can't even tell. Him. Y'all need to shout as loud as him. That word prove, what's this in the original language is this. To test, examine, prove, scrutinize. To see whether it is genuine or not. As a metal... As metals are to recognize as genuine after examination to approve and deem worthy. In other words, this. That when you do this, when you have a spiritually transformed body and a biblically renewed mind, you can prove what is good. You are the evidence of what is good. You are the evidence of what is acceptable. And you become the evidence of the perfect will of God. Hey! Because how many knows the world's got you under a microscope? Huh? They're looking for the real thing. How many knows the world is tired of fake? They want the real deal. They're examining you to prove you, to see if you're the real deal. This is the last time I'm going to tell you. I remember years ago, I think the first time I heard this story, we was in the hay barn many, many years ago. During the the height of the Russian communistic world, where, and it's still this way, but it was on another level, where no one could be a Christian. The the, the Iron Curtain was up before the Soviet Union, the USSR. You know, this generation does not even know what that feels like, but we were raised in that time where we thought we could be invaded or, you know, but there was a story, it's a true story, where, the, where these Roman soldiers, I mean not Roman soldiers, these, these Russian soldiers stormed inside this underground hidden church filled with men, women, and children. And he lined them up. This is actual factual true story. He li- they all lined them up on the wall. They pulled out their machine gun. And they told every single one of them, to get on their knees because they're about to be executed. Never one of them got on their knees. Face to the wall, back to the soldiers. They felt the press of the barrels of the guns to the back of their head. And they said, I'm going to give you one shot. Those that want to leave, you can leave. Walk out, and we won't kill you. But those that are going to stay, I want you to know that if you stay and profess Jesus Christ, you will be killed today. We have orders to kill you. I'm going to blow your brains out. 
So can you imagine what would happen if it happened like that in this church? Imagine all of us being lined up in this altar and people getting ready to kill us and they say, you have, you have a shot to go home to your family. You have a shot to live the rest of your life. All you have to do is walk out that door. No one will touch you. When you walk out that door, you're denying Jesus Christ and you're, you're saying that your life is more important. Well, about two-thirds of that underground church left. And one-third was left, and they were shaking. Fathers were grabbing their babies and holding them. They were preparing to die. When the door was shut, the commander of that army said, everyone turn around, I want you to face us. They turned around. They thought they were facing it because they wanted to see them being killed. They turned around. And the commander of that army set his gun down and knelt down before him and said, we have searched and searched for the truth. We needed to know who was real. Tell us about Jesus. And every man in that army gave his life to Jesus Christ that day. Come on, are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Get up on your feet and praise him right now. Praise him, praise him, praise him. This man in the Russian army began to be a pastor. And I saw him on TBN tell this story. On Praise the Lord with Paul and Jan many years ago. Tell that story. He was the commander of that army. And he was born again, left the Russian army, and became a pastor because he found the real deal. That's when you know somebody's transformed. 